Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Alicia Shanice Reviews. I am your host. It's your girl, Shanice, coming back at you with another podcast. We are on episode 87, and the marathon continues. I am coming down, coming back tonight to break down episode 3, 4, and 5 of Narcos Mexico. And baby, I am on the edge of my seat, ready to watch episode six. Like I said, this weekend, I am rolling with you guys, watching it along with you guys. So I'm watching them as soon as I'm done with what I'm going to break down for the day. I jump right on and record. Tomorrow, we'll finish up. I kind of want to do, but I'm so into it now, and y'all know. Come on now, y'all know I love narcos, especially my day one listeners. If you go to my very first episode, I talked about narcos, snowfall, yada, yada, yada. I don't want to drag it on too long because this episode is going to be a little lengthy. But I was thinking about something that I wanted to do. I don't know what day I'm going to do it, but they are going out with a bang in season three. It's a lot of action packed and they're having to scramble in years of kind of everything that happened of the true events. And we've seen a lot of this in a documentary that we um, covered yesterday. So I said, you know what? I wouldn't mind doing, but I was moving out of town and we kind of had to rush when we covered Narcos Columbia. I want to do an episode where we talk about the Narcos franchise and compare the Colombia to the to the Mexico one. So that'll be a fun one. But enough of me rambling. Let's jump into the show. Don't forget Alicia Shanice Facebook, Alicia Shanice Reviews IG. Um, follow my playlist on Spotify. All you got to do is type in Shanice Loves. All dope music playlists I've made them public. On that note, let's get into the show and talk Narcos Mexico. Is Shanice and she's the one. Her name is Shanice and she's the one. All right, what's up, y'all? We got to talk about it. Narcos Mexico, season three, episode three titled Lost Juniors. Baby, <laughs> it opens up and we see Chapo. He is one of the judges in what looks like to be a Sinaloa pageant. Uh, he already has his pick and, you know, he gets a call out from one of his men that he has to, you know, talk business. And um, he tells the other judges, like, look, you better pick number 10. <laughs> so he already got his pick out. But when he goes outside, he meets up with Palma and Azul. Now, one thing about Azul is he um, he's all the way into drug trafficking. But we don't want to really forget what I, what um, where Azul came from. Remember, he, he knows how this game works. He's not only a trafficker, he was high up in the DFS. And, you know, with the DFS, that's considered like, FBI in Mexico and, you know, connected with the CIA as well. But, you know, you know how it is with the CIA. But anyway, so Azul is connected. He know how, he knows how the game is played and he's still old school as well. So we see business. He picked the side. 
he picked a side. Remember, he was in Guadalajara, but when they did the split from Felix, from Miguel Felix, he picked a side and he picked Sinaloa. And that was really weird because remember with the shootout with Hector Palma, but you know, business is business. But, um, you know, business is not going good for Sinaloa because they don't have their own border. We know that's going to change in the future, but, you know, they don't have their own border. They are at the bottom of the totem pole totem pole at this time in the early 90s so you know they're talking business and like on how they should handle it about going getting a border and you know Chapo he like <laughs> fuck it let's just take it and you know Azul's old school he like no Chapo chill with that for now we we are in the middle of a truce and not only you know is money not coming in you know war is money so war is expensive. So <clears throat> they 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 chill for now. And we go into the next scene and we see that we are introduced to the narco juniors. Who, if you follow my um documentary recap before we talked about the battle of the border and everything that was gonna happen in this season, we seen um a lot about the narcos juniors with the battle of the border documentary we've seen a lot of this so a lot of stuff just came hand in hand it, it was so it went into the documentary we see that they kind of bunched it all together to made it make it look like it all happened like back to back but in actuality this was years and months and spread out it didn't happen like that but you know they have to do that in the television show so nothing wrong with that like whoever is over narcos they know what they're doing. You know, they know what they're doing and they do it damn well. Like this is a really good season so far. I'm only five episodes in and I like the direction that they're going in. I don't, I haven't watched the other five cause I'm, you know, Netflix and chilling and hanging with you guys and having a marathon and I'm enjoying every minute of it. But from so far what I've seen, I am loving it. So to move along, um, we're introduced to the Narcos Juniors, but we can learn, you know, they're like, they're like a, a bunch of rich kids. You know what I'm saying? Um, they're like a bunch of rich kids in Tijuana, you know, children, uh, you know, of the elites, like their parents are the elites, the, in the city or in the state, you know? So we see the brothers, that they enlisted to play baby gangsters. So now we know where those guys really came from and what they're about to be about. The the two men, two young men we were introduced to at first in um the second episode. So after that, um <clears throat> we see Andrea is not playing. She is writing articles about that about their actions, everything that they're doing, what she actually witnessed when she went to that wedding and reception. And um, we see that, you know, she goes to their mother. We can already tell it's a lot going on right there. Typical rich people. It happens in every nationality. You know how you got the real rich family and they let their kids do whatever they want, you know, because the mother is basically trying to cover it up. Like I have good boys. They are in good schools. They, why would they get involved in this? And Andrea like, oh, well, your husband is paying one of the boys who they beat down hospital bills. And she is not trying to hear it. When she goes back into the house, um, her son comes down 
the dad is like, you know, it's the dad's money. And he like, oh, you're still being a freeloader. And he like, oh, you're still being an asshole. Now, for my day one listeners, y'all know who I am about respecting your parents. We would have had to slap Junior there. <laughs> but moving on um, along, uh, we see Amato. Amato has an epiphany. And <clears throat> the man was a genius. He, he was a genius. And... He's getting ready to change the game. So his plan is to break his uh, cartel into like a cell system and divide them to plan by different rules. And without them even knowing that the other person existed, the other part existed, what they're doing is like a system he has going and he's dividing everything to where if one crashes, the the game keeps rolling and it doesn't come back to him. I mean, the man was a genius, you know, and you can tell he learned a lot working right up with Miguel Felix. Now, I don't know if he worked all the way up there with him or is that, if that was just dramatized for the show, but what we seen in the show, um, he worked hand in hand and just learned the game from him. But he was the Lord of Skies. That's what he was known as, you know, until his untimely death. So um, we see he is just playing a different game. He is getting ready to take it in a whole different direction and change the whole rules. So um, Amato is doing his thing. And to do that, he needs to bring in people he can trust. So he enlists his brother in from Sinaloa, and he comes in there straight Sinaloa style. <laughs> he is not playing no games. He comes in there murking everybody. And he's brought in to be basically someone he can trust and the muscle. He also brings in like this young guy who's supposed to be like the number man to get the ball rolling and make sure everything is in control. We also see, uh, we go to Tijuana and we see Ramon. Child, he busting there with the damn underwear on. <laughs> Messing with the happily newly wedded Anadina. You know, Anadina is happy. She has her new husband. They're just sitting there having brunch. She looks relaxed because in season two, we've seen so much of her being stressed. Remember, she she actually is the brains of this operation. You know, of course, her and Benjamin. But, you know, she had a lot of good ideas last season. And then when her and Isabella was off doing their thing, they were doing really good. But now we see just to calm her. She's a newlywed. She is happy and she is living the dream. And when you see Romano goofy ass walking there, she looking like, oh Lord, are you high? <laughs> but uh, you know, she loves her brothers. You know, one thing they always said from every documentary or interview I have watched that they were a very close family. So after that, we see Chapo, Palma, and Azul. They go meet up with Mayo, who likes, remember Mayo, they, they brought this up in um, episode two. He likes to be independent. He runs his boat, he does his thing, and he likes to run his own game. But he actually agrees to help them set up a meeting with Benjamin. So back in El, pa El Paso, Texas, what, you know, with everything going on and how it's playing out, nothing goes his way. He keeps losing to this dirty game. He ends up putting in a transfer to go to Chicago with his girlfriend. And 
we also see that Andrea is, she is on their necks in Tijuana. <laughs> Child, she is not playing. And um, she is catching Benjamin. You know, they're getting photographs of him with the politicians, like um, the Carlos Hank Gonzalez guy, who was like one of the most powerful over there at that time. And she's like, you know, catching on how they got casinos going and how they're, you know, doing their money. So she's getting all of that. And she's learning and getting the information that they're bankrolling them with drug money. So <clears throat> when she goes back to the office with all the other reporters, they're in there meeting, giving each other information of what they got so far. And everybody is smoking a cigarette. I'm like, this shit is so 90s because if you grew up in the 90s you knew everybody smoked cigarettes I, I don't care if you were in a hospital they were in a hospital smoking cigarettes so it's just like that 90s news uh, news reporter room like it just was so 90s so nostalgia on just the little things and um so you know they're ripping there and they're trading everything that's going on because they're trying to break the story and um we go to Horace and we see Victor. We see he, um, ever since Raphael Aguilera was killed by Amato, Amato has shut down business. So this has slowed his pockets up. Because remember, they were doing uh, dirty work on the side and doing their thing because they don't make nothing. They don't make no money. So ever since he was murdered, and I want to say he was a cop as well, um, Aguilera. But when he was murdered, their pockets are starting to slow up and they're noticing that. So, <clears throat> and Amato, he's reorganizing. So he got everything. <laughs> he not finna set shot back up until all the I's are dotted and the T's are crossed. Amato is straight business and he looks at the bigger picture. So he might be losing now, but he knows what he's going for. That's going to make him the winner of all winners. And that's why they called him the Lord of Skies. So, after that, we see Walt shows up and he wants information about a model because ever since his conversation with um Miguel Felix, <laughs> what, what did Miguel Felix tell him? He said, if you're smart, have some gay idea. Walk up to him and shoot him in the head because if you don't, he is going to become the most powerful. Like he's seen it. It was his vision. And so, you know, he's not even really worried. Of course, he wants to catch the other cartels, but that's who he wants to go after before he even makes it to makes it to that point. But he caught up with Victor wanting information from when they were in El Apostle doing a dirty job. And when, when one of their men got killed, when they went in there looking for dad from the dog pound when they went there looking for dads and everybody got shot he left his boy there that's what connected him back to him so he knows he's dirty and he wants all the information he can get on the model so you know they do a look you know a couple jabs he throw him some money give him the card and i'll talk more about that in a minute because you know victor tried to act like he wasn't going to help him but I see kind of where I think it's going, and I'll talk about that later on. So we get into the next scene, and we see Amato. We see him talking to Pacho. Now, this is our first time seeing Pacho um, since we got to season three from the Cali Cartel. And 
It's about time we see him pouring a drink that's not a damn strawberry daiquiri. <laughs> but they have a discussion. It leads to a few mild threats, nothing too major. Um, due to Amato reorganizing, he can't handle all of the product right now. He wants to slow up. But, you know, Pacho not feeling that. And he like, you know, hey, and Tijuana, they'll take your shit. So they, they kind of throw a little little dibbles and dabbles of threats but at the same time let's not forget who Amato is remember when they had to do the um <clears throat> the trade for the 70 tons and get that over there it Miguel Felix was in charge but Amato he did that whole damn operation he got that over there and that was the largest ever and that was a really big deal so it's like don't forget who he is because Felix you know he didn't do nothing Amato did it all um so we get into the next scene and we see the Sinaloa crew they meet up with the Felix family and they negotiate not the deal they wanted but they negotiate Palmer, I'm sorry, not Palmer, Palmer, Hector Palmer, he has, you know, he agrees, but he is not happy because they want to just buy the desert, the, um, the border that's in the desert, the, the border that's in the desert, it won't even hurt the, um, the Felix brothers fan, um, pockets. It won't. And they told him that. And he like, look, even if I sell it to you, if I change my mind, it's still going to be the same. So we'll rent it to you for two years and we'll renegotiate then. We got other uh, Nina. She's sitting there. She's smiling. Like, okay. Chapo looking like, okay. And <clears throat> it's a very tense meeting and we already know where it's going. He even invites them to his birthday party. So it's a lot going on without even saying anything. They walk out pissed. Um, <clears throat> Pacho, he's out at the restaurant um, with his boyfriend. And when they walk out, his boyfriend being so damn extra child. <laughs> and when they get out there, Amato is waiting for him. He's like, you know this guy? He's like, chill. <laughs> you know, because Amato, like, you're going to hurt my feelings if you don't just listen to the plan. Because Amato always has a plan. So when they get out there, he pitches, you know, his plan to him. Pacho listens and <clears throat> he extends a month. Amato asks for two months. He said, I'll give you a month. He said, hey, God did it in seven days. So you got a month. Be happy with that. So Amato takes it, you know, a bargain for a bargain a month. That's better than, you know, nothing. So he, you know, he gets his extension. And we see back in Tijuana, the Felix family, they are celebrating Benjamin's 40th birthday. And it was kind of parallel to season two on how it opened with Miguel Felix 40th birthday. And after his birthday, everything went haywire. And now we see Benjamin's 40th birthday and they're all celebrating. His family is there. They're on top of the world. But at the same time, look at how everything played out. It was just like kind of parallel to me from season two. And we see 
Chapo, he goes home and his um, number 10 from the pageant, we see that's his girl. And we see she's getting all dressed up and he like, oh, we're not going to the party. <laughs> so she pissed, wiping off her makeup. And he, we see he got something up his sleeve, though. And we don't know what it is yet. So we go back to Walt and we see he is obsessed. He wants to win. He, he has been through a lot with this whole operation since Kiki's murder and going down there with Operation Leander, losing all of his men in that battle. So he has been through a lot and he is obsessed with taking a model down. We also see Victor, he comes across a body of another young woman because he's still missing for that, that missing girl that he told that woman he would help find or look into. So we start to see more of um, something's going on with girls disappearing and missing. Um, also, we see, um, damn Chapo. <laughs> we see Chapo in his little police uniform, child. And we at Club Christine's. And we've seen this in a documentary. This was a really big deal. Even Club Christine's is in the opening of when the new opening opens up. It was a very big deal because this, this night changed everything. It didn't quite happen like this, but this was, this was, um, this was some action right here. Um, what you would call a fucking bloodbath, a gun battle. Chapo was not playing. He went in there with vengeance. Him and his crew all dressed up like cops, but neither was the bodyguard. Hell, he was fine too. Hell, he he was not playing. And at first, I was thinking like when I was watching it, I'm like, is he dirty? Like, is he in with Chapo them? The way how he was looking, but he was scoping it out. And he got the blasting. I mean, taking multiple people out on his own shit he saved the day and we see that that bumped him up in ranks too because he was not playing and you know it was a bloodbath the, uh they lost a lot and they also lost uh what was that man name um a Danina husband I liked him too. What was his name? Uh, Claudio. Claudio. Yeah, I think that was his name. But I felt bad for him because he was just a polished attorney, even though, you know, you, you married into this family, you know what they do. But he didn't even really want to go out that night. He had wanted to go home and, you know, be in a room with her. And she was like, no, go out and play with the boys and, you know, just letting them be a you know man and go hang with the boys. But, you know, he didn't even want to go out that night. And when he went out, he was just caught up in it. Um, they did not come in there to play. It was a lot of people's lives was lost. And this this was a gun battle hell. You could tell Ramon, you know, he was pissed because, you know, he normally is gun happy and they were caught off guard because they were just out celebrating Benjamin's birthday and chop on them bust in. So that was episode three, Los Juniors. We get to episode four. GDL. That's what it's titled. And <laughs> child, let me take a quick sip of my drink. For my day one listeners. Yeah, I know I wanted to cry watching this scene, right? Watching Pablo and Lemon get shot down. Yeah, I know I love me some Pablo Escobar. <laughs> and 
I was like, oh my God, that's Pablo. <laughs> you know, he was getting shot down off the roof. And him and Lemon was running. And, you know, that was on towards the end. But anyway, we also see Amato is sitting there because this is all over the news. This was a really big deal. And Amato, he's sitting there laughing. And I'm like, look, I like you, Amato. You're one of my favorite characters off Narcos Mexico. But this shit ain't funny, bro. <laughs> this shit ain't funny. But, you know, he's sitting there laughing. And, you know, he calls Pacho like, congratulations, you know. And, you know, Pacho and them ain't do that on their own. Hell, the Cali Cartel, the Lost Peppies, the they all jumped Pablo. But moving on. So we go to the next scene. I have to say it was a good day. Mm, 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 mm. They playing that good ice cube. I'm like, come on, Nar look at Narcos. <laughs> so, you know, they playing ice cube. Today was a good day. And we also see a young minor. He gets busted. But he gets busted with 34 keys. But the way how Amato has set up his operation is running so smoothly. Even if he wanted to tell, he don't know shit. Because, you know, they just get a little call from a robot. He don't know nothing. So, you know, it shows the brains he had to where even if they get caught, they don't even know nothing to tell. He got caught with 34 keys. So um, we also see, you know, his thing is running smoothly. Now, Chapo and Azul, they pay a visit to Mayo. And Mayo tells them, like, I can't fuck with y'all. You know, you could have put me in a bad position. And even though you coming over here willing to pay for security and do this for me, no, I can give you some advice and be a friend from afar, but I cannot, I'm not getting involved with this. And that's, you know, rightfully he, as he should, he, he, he wanted to stay neutral and that's probably why he likes staying independent. So he ain't getting involved with shit he didn't cause. So, um, <clears throat> We get into the next scene and we see that Escobar's death is all over the news. The king of Coquiana is dead. And hmm, yeah, Pablo. So that was 1993. Now we go over to Havana, Cuba. And Amato meets with the Cali cartel to negotiate. And he's meeting with all three of them. It's only one of the brothers missing. And you know, um, he basically sets out to do what Miguel Felix originally wanted to do, be paid in cocaine. When he wanted to be paid in product and, you know, become a wholesaler. And, you know, it's in it's the, um, 1993. They just killed Pablo. So, you know, they worked with the Cali when all this was happening. They coming right at the Cali. So they about to be hot. They about to get the shutting stuff down over there. And they need to change the game. It's not the 80s anymore. You know, so, you know, they hear what he has to say. He talks a good game. And they know what he's capable of. You know, look what he did with the 70 tons when they didn't even think that was possible. So, you know, they listen and they say, you know, they'll think about it. And pa uh, Pacho warns them, like, look, if they say no, you, you did you did a good pitch, but don't ask me about it no more. So, you know, he sits and waits. We see the Felix family is fiending for revenge they are fiending for chapo's head on a platter and uh Danina is she is not doing well 
she is not doing well. And like I said, we finally seen her th in the first three episodes happy and at peace because we seen her in season two just wanting to make sure everything was running peacefully and she was always tense and then when she was happy she was still hiding the business that she was doing with Isabella with um you know from her brothers so you know it, it's it felt good to see her happy and then for her to just lose her husband like that and he didn't have anything to do with the business side you know what they were doing you know I, I felt bad for her so we go to San Diego, California, and that is where David Barron is from. He was the one who was, man, he was not playing in that battle in Club Christine's. And he, since he saved their family, that put him up in rank. So <clears throat> he was from the over on the other side of the border in Logan Heights. So he went to go back to Logan Heights, get some of the essays from his own old stumping ground and bring them back because they are ready for war. And this man is fine. <laughs> I keep saying that, but, you know, he handsome. But, you know, him and his crew, they they about action and the Felix brothers, they need all the soldiers they can get. So he go get everybody from Logan Heights. They roll back because they, they out for Chapo. So we also see um, Aunt Andrea, she is on to Carlos Hank Gonzalez. And we also get a history lesson on the paper that she works for and the guy who runs it in his past with Carlos Hank Gonzalez that he might have killed his other partner who he started the business with because they were, you know, coming up on some information with him on how he was, you know, being dirty. So we already see it's a lot of bad blood there and he is out for putting truth out, not letting the media control what they write. And he doesn't like this man. So we get a little history, history lesson there that was really interesting. We also see singing Victor, the cop. <laughs> I call him that because every time you see him, he always singing. But um, <clears throat> it is definitely something going on with the girl's disappearance. And even um, when you look at the opening, you know how they change it every season. We see girls missing in one of the pictures and like a cop so um i'm trying to see where they're going with this and what was going on like was it, it probably was a whole bunch of girls getting murdered um but we see that he's kind of digging around information for the cop who is over the murders and as he's asking him some questions he kind of lightweight threatens victor for asking questions so I don't know if he's the one who's doing it or covering up because even when he went down to the morgue, he was like, you know, whoever is doing this, he has a type. So I'm pretty sure we're going to see much more of that is mid season. So his, his part of the story is getting more interesting, but he's a new character and, you know, I, I didn't know where he came from. So this part is getting really interesting. Um, we also see a motto. He gets a congratulations call from Pacho um he has changed the fucking game we see a motto yeah he's trying to holler at his sister <laughs> I'm like i write a motto hell <laughs> and i try to get his flirt on this shit but um after that we see um Chapo is starting to get nervous about you know not hearing anything back from a motto because a motto he's taking care of big business he 
is not trying to hear about all that war shit going on back there. He is trying to change the game. So both cartels are trying to find a motto and see, you know, what's up? You know, you got to pick a side. What side you picking? And he's getting nervous because, you know, the heat is, the heat is on them. It's on them. So um, we see that. We also see Amato, he is spending more and more time with this young lady. And, you know, he falling and stuff. I'm like, okay, Amato, we, we see y'all too. Got y'all little thing going on. I'm feeling that one. So we get into the next scene and we see Victor. He goes down to the morgue and he gets more information on the missing girls. And we go and we see J um, Jaime and Walt. They're having a conversation about the job. Now, ever since I watched that documentary that we went over and discussed, I I don't know. When you watch season one of Narcos Mexico, you get like a genuine feeling about Jaime. But when you watch the, the documentary, you kind of like, I don't know. But we go into the next scene and we see a motto. <clears throat> he gives his new boo thing a passionate kiss. Like, I like, I like, I like it. He tongued her down. Then we get to the airport battle. Guadalajara International Airport. And we seen this in a documentary. I'm like, damn, we just covered this. And we see that white grand marquee. And they said a lot of the traffickers were driving the same cars as the politicians and, you know, like the high end businessmen. So this was a very common car for them. And they had got it. They got the tip. The brothers, they got the tip that Chapo was going to be um, at the airport because Chapo is starting to get nervous. So he plans on just hopping on a plane, taking off the Juarez to meet up with the model himself. But, you know, they get the tip. They have already, you know, got their soldiers together. Um, the new bodyguard, David Barron, he's brought his guys from Logan Heights. So they are coming deep and loaded and gunned up and <clears throat> this was very uh this was a very intense scene um we are definitely seeing more action early on in the game they're not waiting to the end we're seeing non-stop action um we see a lot of a lot of innocent people uh, lost their lives in this battle <clears throat> and you know, they're going through the airport shooting like crazy, trying to get at Chapo and <clears throat> more angry and embarrassed on how everything went down and wanting to avenge for his sister. I'm like, y'all out here trying to avenge for this man and hell, y'all killing all these other innocent people. It was a lot of people injured in here. And um, this was, you know, sad when they got to showing the real news footage. Um one of the seven people who were murdered um one of those people was um one of the country's the country's highest ranking church leaders um very loved man in mexico and we see the real news footage of you know his body in a car um 
the dead bodies in the airport. Very, very sad when you think about it. Like, yeah, this was a big gun battle. But after you watch the documentary and then they show like the real news footage, it makes you realize like, you know, this shit really has happened. And so many innocent bystanders lost their lives. Like, yeah, it's a lot of action. And we get off into the show. But <clears throat> when you think about the people who didn't sign up for this lifestyle, a lot of innocent people lost their lives. So that's really sad. And um, we see everything coming to fruition with what Miguel Felix told Walt in the end of season two. Like when, hey, you're going to miss me because when the cage is open, ain't no stopping it. Tijuana and um, Sinaloa, they will have a war. And while they're doing that, a model will be uh, building an empire and we see towards the end Amado meets up with um, Carlos Hank Gonzalez and they talk business and this is not no small time business so we get to episode five and <clears throat> well that was my recap of episode four I hope you guys enjoyed that uh, we get to episode five and this one was titled boots on the ground and it opens and it says before 1993, a Mexican president hadn't officially visited a Catholic church since Benito Juarez reform <coughs> separated church and state in the 1800s. But we see protesters all in the street marching and we see him heading to the Gua- Guadalajara um, Catholic Catholic church and that's when they knew it was serious and cardinal uh posados it was his life that was lost in that gun battle and the government basically declared war on both cartels not only um tijuana the felix brothers but chapo and sinaloa as well and we see both uh cartels sitting there watching the news footage knowing they are in trouble and uh yeah that was that was sad on how that man lost his life so chapo says his goodbyes to his girlfriend and his mother in tijuana true to form like the documentary said they got two of their men to turn themselves in like they said in the documentary um Benjamin was telling his sister that two of the men <clears throat> from David Barron's uh, group was going to turn his turn themselves in and they were going to take care of their families. And that really happened. They had that in the dock. Child, we see the Narcos Juniors putting in work. <laughs> I can't take bad buddy serious for some reason. <laughs> playing a goon <laughs> but we i don't know i just can't take them serious even in season was that season two when they brought the migos i'm like uh what y'all doing <laughs> you know what I'm saying what y'all doing like leave the singers and the rappers out you know so we got bad buddy running around shooting everybody and we see um two of the brothers their mother um she treats them like they two years old child Anyway, so we see what the Narcos Juniors is doing. We see what they're doing. They're running wild, getting high, doing everything they can do. Um, Being like Andrea said, baby gangsters. So we get into um, the next scene, and we see Walt. He breaks his lady's heart. He breaks her heart because now he he has learned that they want to start a new task force. They're bringing, you know, U.S. people back on their soil. 
he puts in a request and they were just getting ready to go to Chicago and start their life. And, <clears throat> you know, him and Jaime had that conversation, like, make sure she knows the real you, the real you who hunted down Felix, the real you who, you know, wants this bad. So she is heartbroken, as she should. Hell, they was getting ready to start their new life. And, you know, she had got the job, the dream, the job dream, you know, the dream job she always wanted. And he tells her in the day, I'm going back to Mexico. You know, not only that, it's dangerous, you know. So um, after that, we get into Victor. He ends up going to uh, service and him and his wife, they see the lady whose daughter was missing. And he goes over there because remember when he first met her, he wasn't too intrigued with getting too much information. She had to make him take the picture. But now he's getting intrigued and wanting to know more. So he goes over there asking questions. And of course, she's hysterical like, what? What have you found out? Why do you want to know now? So, you know, we can, we see that this is going somewhere. We also see uh, Andrea, she approaches Carlos Hank Gonzalez. And I'm like, I understand you hungry and want to do your job. And, you know, but that's how those reporters was back in the day. Hell, they didn't care about no danger. They wanted to get the story. But I'm like, Andrea, this is a powerful man, honey. <laughs> you know, he already taking a jab. Like, he sent the little teenage girl down here, and it's a lot of bad blood with that paper. And, you know, they said he might have had something to do with the other guy. Um, so I'm like, be careful. Be careful because she brings up everything to him about the Felix family, um, about the casino and all of that. So we also see Walt goes back to Mexico. He ends up joining the task force. And <clears throat> we also see back in Tijuana, the siblings, they have a deep conversation. Uh, Danina, um, her and Benjamin talk. And she kind of tells them, like, look, I was blinded for a moment. I was blinded with a dream. And she realized when she sent Claudio out to hang with them, she was clouded. But now after all of that, she realizes who she is. It's like she tells him, like, you're so caught up. You're you man, rubbing hands with all these politicians. You think we're just businessmen, business family. No, we are criminals and you're living a dream. So she kind of, you know, she has to like really keep it real with him. And when he takes off, she sends with well, first she asks Remain Ramon, is he high? And yes, of course he is. And she sends him off to, you know, have his back. <clears throat> because one thing about her is she is she she definitely is the brains she is she be on top of it so we get into the next thing and we see we get another gun battle when benjamin go meets up with the priest we can already see the priest is nervous. <clears throat> and remember, at first, he wasn't even returning his phone calls. But when he gets out the truck, he can see it all over the priest's facial expressions. He knows it's a setup. So <clears throat> once he runs off, the cops come out shooting. They get to shooting. Here come Ramon, crazy, but shooting him and Bad Bunny or whoever Bad Bunny, the character he playing. I don't know the name, but they come out blasting. We see a, a lady and her daughter, another innocent bystander, almost lose their life. Um, a lot of blood being shed. And 
when they pull off, when they get away, Ramon, Bad Bunny, the rest of them, they laughing, and Benjamin and David Barron is pissed because this is not what Benjamin wanted. He wanted to take his family somewhere. He wanted to be like Miguel Felix. He wanted to be our business. He didn't want to do all of that. You know what I'm saying? Ramon, I don't know, but Benjamin, he didn't want to do all of that. So we get into the next scene and we see <clears throat> we see Victor. You can tell the girls that are missing, disappearing, it is really getting to him. So I can't wait to jump back in and see where this is going. Um, <clears throat> we also see Benjamin goes into hiding. And Adenina, she takes control over the business for a while, as she should. She's best want to do it while he's gone away for a while. We also see Walt has a conversation with the general. And at the end of the day, I'm going to keep it real. And I've said this before, especially when we covered Narcos Columbia. This man who, who, who is the general, he's keeping it all the way 100. You got this U.S. DEAs whatever go over there to these other countries and try to tell them how to run their shit and <clears throat> i remember when we were watching and covering narcos colombia and when murphy and pina got into it with the minister of justice and he was telling them like what the fuck do you want over here you want badges for your um dea badges you want an award for that this is colombia and people are dying and the general had to put water in his place because he like you know you mad because i called up a battle that was innocent people that's going to be getting killed. He like, well, people are going to get hurt. No, bruh, this is not your family. This is not your peoples over here. You can't just come over here because you want to stop one innocent man and kill a whole bunch of innocent bystanders. That shit is not right. And you can't go to people countries dictating them like that. So, you know, I felt where he was coming from. And, you know, like we seen, it was a lot of innocent people. We seen children and mothers, you know, just walking the street, going to work in that big bloodshed to get one man no he did the right thing let's call it off we'll get him but we're going to save our residents lives who have nothing to do with this it has been enough bloodshed but what he calmed down which i did like he calmed down and they started talking i mean we understand Watt's frustration of course we get what he went through in season two but you gotta calm down you know what i'm saying you you this is not your country so you have to calm down and you have to play the game you know, we see that the general, he seems like a good man. He doesn't seem like he's dirty and has people in their pocket. But in the midst of them talking, we see that they catch Chapo. And we've seen this in a documentary. And, you know, it's still, it's kind of like the same. You know, he's standing there. He didn't got sentenced for 20 years. He didn't got sentenced for the Cardinal's murder. Um, this was 1993. He sent up there talking about he a farmer. <laughs> I never touched a gun in my life. So, you know, I like Chapo. Um, I like Chapo more than, you know, the other, the brothers in the series, of course, in real life. We know it's different. But I liked it seeing um, one thing I liked to seeing about Chapo in this series that um, how humble and hungry he was as a kid. You know what I'm saying? Even though they did a lot of things, but we, I just like to see the growth in his character as, as on the show. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, he get locked up. The Felix family is shaken up as well. Um, Benjamin, he takes him, his family and daughter, and they go into hiding. So we got, you know, sis running stuff and Ramon's still out there too. <laughs> 
Chapo go to prison, baby. The guard walk him down there and we see damn Don Nito. When I see Don, <laughs> I'm like, Don Nito. <laughs> so we see Don Nito down there. And he is like, what the? So we already know where this going. Don Nito bought the school Chapo. And from the way how we know it's played, we know what Chapo about to learn. And we also see where they're going in season three on how they're scramming. I'm not scramming, but they're putting all of these years of history bunched up together. Because in a lot of this, this took time and years. It wasn't just, you know, bunched up like this. But we see how they're bunching it up to complete season three. And in my opinion, I'm only made it to season five. They're doing a very beautiful job. Um <clears throat> He kind of goes off and we see Victor. He goes um, to the bus stop, to the location where the girls get on who all work at the factory. Because most of the missing girls work at the same factory. And he's staking that out. So I cannot wait to see where this is going. And we also see it goes off with um, Adenina looking like she is ready for war, revenge, vengeance, it all. So that was my recap of episode five with well, three, four, and five. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope you guys are enjoying the marathon. I will be back on tomorrow. Um, hopefully we can finish it up. But if we don't, I'll come back on Monday. You know, guys know normally I don't do Monday weekday podcasts I start normally on Thursdays but we're gonna finish narcos up so if we don't get done tomorrow we'll uh come back on Monday we're gonna get done but I am doing a special episode tomorrow if you guys are into like paid in full the movie I'm gonna recap that I'll explain why I'm recapping that in the morning um I also want to do a bonus episode. I don't know when I'm going to do it, but I want to talk about the entire Narcos franchise because I loved it Columbia as well. But I didn't break it down as thorough as I did Mexico because at that time I was still getting used to podcasting. I started my pod in May. I was nervous, um, had to get used to talking and, you know, dissecting shows like we're doing now. But um, and then I was moving. See, when I started my podcast, it's a dream I had been wanting to do for years. So when I jumped into it and started it, I'm like, this is the wrong time because I've got so much going on. You guys know I'm writing a novel. My first novel is fiction. It's going to be like a, well, I'll talk to you guys about that in a couple months. But um, it's going to be a straight fiction, a story I made up. Uh, I hope you guys love it. We're going to talk about that more and my ideas I want to create with that um, project. <clears throat> and then I was moving out of state. So it was so much going on and I was so busy. So I scrambled season. Well, we did season one. OK, but season two, I had to take like a month off to get situated and moved and unpacked and start a new position at a job, get trained. With season two, I broke down in one episode just talking about the whole series. I loved it, Narcos Columbia, don't get me wrong, but I really liked it, Pablo. <laughs> My brother said I'm crazy, but I really liked it, Pablo. And I like didn't like the cops, right? And I couldn't stand the Cali cartels, so I didn't really want to talk about them in season three. But in Narcos Mexico, it was like the complete opposite because... <clears throat> With the Kiki Camarano story, that bothered me. That broke my heart. Like, my my heart went out for him and his family for everything he endured. So that kind of hit me a little different. Like, I got real emotional about that one. That, that story touched me. And I told you guys before, I love breaking down 
stuff that really happened and getting off into true crime and stuff so like I don't know that story just it really broke my heart but um on that note I've been on here long enough guys let me go ahead and get off I'll be back on tomorrow to finish the marathon of narcos Mexico we're gonna do paid in full in the morning to replace uh BMF for not coming on um hope you guys enjoy it's your girl Shanice and I'm out Bye.